show. This is yours truly, Dominic Fry. I'm excited for this episode. One of my biggest inspirations to start the podcast is on the show. Uh, you know, I'll explain it on the episode. Basically, this is going to be a little bit unique. We had no time constraints, no limitations, and I'm going to end up splitting this into two episodes for you guys. So this is going to be part one, and next week we'll be back, or in two weeks, be back with part two. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Hello, and welcome to The Young Pro Show, hosted by yours truly, Dominic Fry, two guests on this week. We have my wife, Nicole Fry. Nicole, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. Her first uh, first time being on The Young Pro Show. She was on the Nashy Fries, my previous podcast. I shouldn't say my, our, me and Kyle's previous podcast, and uh, she was on an episode there, and no coincidence, that was the most popular podcast that we had. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, that was the most downloaded episode that we had once we started like publishing it on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and not just the radio station at Heidelberg. But anyways, this week's guest was also also a guest uh, one time when Kyle and I had the nasty fries. And this week's guest is going to be a longer introduction. This episode, no time constraints. We're just going to do it live here. Um, it, this guy, it's amazing because he is one of – let's just get straight to the point. <laughs> He's the main reason why I decided to do this podcast. Every single time I would talk to him for the last – you know, since we, uh, we went to high school together, and every time I would talk to him since, we both had this similar mentality. And it was – you know, it started to kind of go different ways. I was a little bit more of a business route, and he was more of a nursing route. Um, but you know, whether it was running or what we were studying in school and we had the same mentality and every single time I would talk to him, even though it was totally different industries, I'm like, I would just leave ready to run through a brick wall. And I'm like, dude, Mm. I like so phenomenal of conversations. And it was just like, it would give me life to be able to talk to him. And I'm like, it, it felt like it was something, somebody that truly understood like the thought process that was going through my head. Whereas in Many other cases when I talk to people, they just look at me cross-eyed and say, dude, you are crazy. You're crazy and you're out of mind. And I'm saying, yeah, but I'm crazy, but because I'm crazy is how I'm going to make a difference. Mm. When the two of them talk together, it's like they're speaking another language <laughs> because they just have a million inside jokes and then they both start cracking up and just laugh for hours, it feels like. It's crazy. We'll, we'll keep the inside jokes off the podcast. That way you guys can actually understand what's going on here. Um, But the the last thing I do want to say before I actually introduce who this guest is, if you still don't know, was specifically one time, it it was post-college, we both were working, and I was driving, it was like a Monday morning, I think I was driving to work, I was going in late for whatever reason, and I remember calling him and talking on the phone, and again, we had a very similar conversation of what I tried to make every single podcast like, and we were just talking about all these ways that we're trying to grow, and we're trying to... Um, you know, grow as individuals, but also grow again within our organizations, the industries that we're in, and different ways that we were doing that. And I remember specifically telling him and saying, I wish that we could just record this conversation, this phone call. I truly wish that we could just record this and I could replay this at another moment for myself. Because this is, again, it's just giving me that energy, giving me that motivation to run through a brick wall. Um, So then that's when I really put it together and said, you know what? The Nasty Fries is great, wonderful podcast, but I think I want to have a podcast where I can strive to have conversations like that and I actually record them with people and they're intentional and we have those serious conversations, record it and put it out there. And if other people can gain something from it, if they can, uh, you know, grow from it, awesome. You know, if they can benefit from it, awesome. But at the end of the day, like I just absolutely love being able to have these kinds of intentional conversations with individuals. So with that being said, let's welcome on the man, the myth, (laughs) the legend, Jeremy Mann. Woo! How's it going, everybody? Hey, I hope everybody that is listening to 
uh, the Young Pro Show this day. I hope y'all are having a Mamba Mentality Friday. <laughs> Woo! 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 <laughs> Dominic Fry. Yo, I... The mentality. That is... That... <laughs> okay, okay. Hold on. Let me tell a story about the mentality. The mentality. Uh, so last... I mean, this has been going on for quite a while, and he'll tell you the backstory of it, but... Mm-hmm. We show up, uh, myself and Jeremy and some other friends, and we're going to run the Pittsburgh. Uh, ha- several of us were running the Pittsburgh half marathon, and one of our friends was running the full marathon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you show up, and you get the bib the night before, and, you know, and you just most people put their names on it, just put Dominic Fry, you know, Nicole Tennyson, whoever. And Jeremy shows up, takes out his bib, <laughs> and he says, The man mentality! <laughs> Like what? Like what the world? On my dude? bib, I legitimately on my bib. Um, I had on my bib in capital letters M A N N because my last name's Jeremy Mann, two N's, uh, all caps, and then the lowercase tality, and it was just mentality. <laughs> <laughs> and people like I, I got legitimately some funny looks. Um, with that and you know Dominic and his friends are just laughing at me and I'm like what like it's the mamba mentality like what's the question here? <laughs> I love it so let a little backstory before we actually get into your story mm. so the mamba mentality yes yes uh, I mean this long-winded answer but right. what does that mean to you or yeah. where did that start yeah so the mamba mentality um, it was really sort of a um, a phrase that I adopted post-college um, and I graduated college. I was 22 turning 23. Um, and 23, like, it was my LeBron year, my MJ mm. year. Um, who's the greatest? That's another podcast. But, <laughs> but, but when I turned 23, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a brand new registered nurse. I'm working in a hospital. Um, I'm just learning, learning, learning. Like, that whole year was just learning, nonstop learning. And I felt... I was very much moving in a direction forward. Um, I could feel myself growing professionally um, and in so many other ways. And then um, as my 24th birthday was coming around the corner, I definitely uh, became in a place of more stability. Um, I wasn't just learning at my job all the time anymore. I was um, becoming a go-to person. Um, And so I'm, Turning 24, and as some of you may know, um, Kobe Bryant wore the number 24 for many years. Rest Uh, in peace. May he rest in peace, absolutely. Um, But he wore 24, and I have always been a fan of Kobe Bryant, even though him and LeBron have, you know, always gone head-to-head. Like, I've always loved Kobe. Not the Lakers, but Kobe. Like, you know, when you shoot into the trash can, what do you yell? Kobe! And that was just in, like, I just remember growing up watching Kobe play and the mentality he brought to the game, the Mm. amount of detail. Like, Kobe understood that greatness didn't happen in just one game. Greatness happened 24-7. It was the the preparation, um, the attention to detail, and then, like, if I miss, I miss. If I make it, I make it. And just having um, just that, that composure. And I remember turning 24 and um, I was making some money and I was just like, you know what, like whatever happens in 24, like I'm just absolutely going to go for it. Just a re- it was really a rally cry, um, the Mamba mentality. And so I said 24, like whatever it is, I'm just going to go for it. And 24, I... Um, became charge nurse on my step-down unit at the hospital. They kind of just threw me into it um, because we were short-staffed. Um, they needed nurses. And, you know, I, I'm by no means the most experienced nurse, but I have, you know, just a composure and a willingness to take problems and try to solve them. Um, 24, um, I was able to travel to a couple different countries um, and 24, I decided to pursue my private pilot's license. Um, so 24 for me, I like, I was just, 
I told myself, I want to be reading books. I want to be learning. I want to be mm. like, I want to like feel that hurt, that pain of like my brain hurts right now, mm. but I know I'm growing um, sort of pain uh, because I recognize um, at that time, um, you know, I was single. I didn't have a ton of responsibilities. And I said, right, like, this is it right now. Like, this is it um, to really just go for it um, and pursue my passions and things um, that I wanted to do. And so I just, um, Kobe at that time was writing his book and um, I bought his book and I read the book and I saw what Kobe um, was doing after retirement and Kobe was thriving post retirement. I mean, he was writing books, speaking, um, and he just talked about like, you know, Kobe didn't just finish basketball and fall off the deep end. Mm. Kobe understood that same Mamba mentality that he took to basketball, he took to his family and things post basketball. And I looked at Kobe and really that, that was what I needed at that time of my life because um, I've definitely thrived in college. Um, I loved college, I loved the people, the environment. Um, and then post-college, I was just kind of like, man, like, is this it? Like, you know, I go to work, you know, I love my job but like kind of what's next where do i go from here and um kobe and the mamba mentality just really um like it you know <laughs> part of it like i kind of joke with people like mamba mentality ha 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 like play on words <laughs> like i'm so funny but legitimately i like i kobe was an inspiration and the mentality and i was just like you know what this is this is it right now to just go for it. And it, it, if I miss, I miss, you know, I, I missed, you know, trying to shoot the ball. Um, and so that, that's what 24 has been for me. It's been a year of go for it. Um, and I try to encourage, you know, people around me that are in a position to do that, um, to say, Hey, like, you know, if you're going to go halfway at something, why not go all the way? Just go take it to that next level. Um, and a lot of, a lot of that, um, mentality really stems, um, back to my running career, running with Dominic, um, running in college, um, understanding, you know, what it means to take something to the next level. And so a lot of those, um, those traits, um, you know, I'm kind of bending it, not so much in running anymore, but into other areas of my life, you know, understanding that truly true greatness, um, can't just be done overnight. It takes time, cultivation. It takes days where you're pursuing something that you love, but there's going to be days where um, you're not going to be feeling it, you know, and that's normal. Like I would expect that when I think about my running career, there was days where I was like, I do not want to run at all right now, but I have a higher goal in mind. Um, and I know that, um, you know, when race time comes, uh, it's going to be worth it. Um, so that, that's kind of the Mamba mentality in a that's nutshell. That's a short, short summary. Of short, <laughs> short summary. So. Uh, yeah, you know, you touched on it and I'm sure we'll talk about it on the episode uh, as it goes on. But I think that's one thing that really makes us connect is we are two people with everything that we do. Like we're not somebody, uh, we are not people that's necessarily like, yeah, we have our hands in a bunch of different things, but what we do, we're all into. Absolutely. We're all, you know, like there is, I don't know if there's anything in my entire life that I just do halfway. Right. I just, uh, yeah, I right. mean, I, I casually like, you know, I just clock in and clock out at work. I don't really care what I do. Mm -hmm. And once I get out of work, like I'm just trying to enjoy life. Like that's not really the way I live my life. Like every single thing I do, I'm trying to do it to the best of my ability. And even while I'm putting in my best effort, okay, well, how can I improve? How Absolutely. can I grow? And Again, that's one huge topic where we have um, have that similar similar mentality. Why we bonded sure. so well? For sure. And a great line um, that recently I just watched a movie. Never seen this movie before. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Um, I've always heard mm -hmm. it's a good movie, and I watched that movie oh several months ago, and it really um, reiterates what Twenty Four has been to me. Um, and Morgan Freeman, I I think it was him in the movie. He said, you know, you you either got to get um, busy living or dying, mm -hmm. you know, because once you kind of get out of the academic sphere, you know, okay, you have a job, but you have all this other time, you know, are you going to get busy living and doing things and making a difference? Or are you going to get busy dying, you know, cause you know, eventually we're all going to die one day, Fair enough. but, um, yeah, they just, you know, get, get busy, you know, what do something right. <laughs> and do it for the better. So cool. Well, let's, 
great opening topic. Uh, let's backtrack a little bit. So we're gonna go back, young Jeremy Mann. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I... I can't wait to hear how that's gonna be followed right. up. Uh, young Jeremy Mann, you're 18 years old. Ooh. You graduate high school. Mm. You know, at this point, like, what was your career path? Like, what mm. was your plan that you were planning on from here? Yeah, BC before Corona. Wow, what a time. <laughs> um, <laughs> So 18-year-old Jeremy um, just graduated from Pettisville with uh, my bro, Dominic. Um, so I'm a registered nurse. Um, the last couple, or during high school, um, it's funny. I was really good at math, and I was, I was with the class above um, the class I graduated with. And I liked math. I was good at math, um, but I didn't necessarily love it. Um, so I was like, well, like I'm good at math. I'll maybe be an engineer. Um, right. That's how your 18 year old yeah. mind kind of works. And, um, I visited, uh, actually went to Purdue and, um, uh, looked at their engineering program and, you know, they offer this, that, and I was like, okay, like maybe like I'll do this. Um, and then I took a calculus for three days and then I jumped. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is not for me. Like, I don't want to do this. Um, and so I was like, man, like, okay, I'm not going to be an engineer. So kind of what's next. And, um, I signed up for anatomy and physiology my senior year of high school. And from day one, just fell in love with it. I mean, just, Hmm. just absolute, like, I didn't feel like I was just sitting in class. I was engaged and, um, just, you know, learning the different parts of the body and, really taking to that next level because I was always an athlete, but understanding, okay, how does this all fit together? Like what, what's the heart doing? What's the lungs doing? It just absolutely fascinated me. Um, and so, um, a couple people mentioned, you know, like healthcare, like, do you want to be a doctor or, you know, what about being a nurse? And, um, one of my friends, uh, shout out to T short. Uh, he went to Bethel college and um, I remember said like, yeah, like Taylor Short, like, you know, he's going to nursing school. And my mom said, go shadow a nurse at Fulton County Health Center. And that's what I did. And I talked to a few people and I was like, you know, like, I know I don't want a nine to five job. That's not me. Um, I want something that's flexible, but still stable. Hmm. Um, like, I don't want to be a freelancer or, you know, do that sort of thing. And I was like, well, I know I want to travel a lot one day and. Um, I, and I was just like, someone mentioned, why not be a nurse? And at the time I was like, well, I don't want to go to med school. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to go to school for, you know, forever. (laughs) And, um, and I was like, yeah, like that, it just made sense. And it was as simple as that. I was like, I'm going to be a nurse. Like it, Hmm. I just decided and my parents sat me down and they were like, are you sure? And I was just, what I just told you, I was like, I want to travel something that's, stable but not a nine to five and it was as simple as that and so um i started looking around um and went to different schools and let me backtrack a little bit i did think about being an exercise science major and be like a trainer or something um but i I really wanted something very very practical um you know if someone's hurt or needs help um i want to have the knowledge and the practicality to step in and say here let me help you um, and really, uh, putting, um, love into action and, um, yeah, heading that direction. So it, I mean, it was literally that simple and looking back, I definitely, you know, while at the same time, those categories make sense at the same time, I did choose nursing very kind of willy nilly, just arbitrarily like, yeah, I'll go be a nurse, you know, like not <laughs> thinking like this is four years of school. This is a ton of money. Um, and I told people that I got lucky um, because my college major aligns with exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, I have friends that, you know, went to business school or went to this and they're doing something totally different. Hmm. Like me, I am probably the 10% of people where I never changed my major. I knew what I wanted to do. And did I want to quit a few times? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> There were nights where I was just like, this is not worth it. Like, this is dumb. Um, but, you know, stuck it out and threw um, gallons and gallons of coffee. 
as he sits here having a cup as, right now. As I'm drinking coffee right now. Um, yeah, and, and, and I stuck with it. And, you know, I definitely had a – I think everyone has a mid-college crisis at some point. I definitely had one. Um, I thought about changing my major because it was a paradox because I thought nursing was getting too hard. And I thought about going and being a doctor. And I was like, wait, what? This oh. like <laughs> – I'm like, what am I, what am I thinking right now? Um, because in college, college, I was really, really inspired to learn. I, growing up, I was definitely, I got good grades because you're supposed to get good grades. I didn't learn for learning itself. And I was definitely the person, um, in high school that like, you know, if you're like reading your vocab book, like you're a nerd, (laughs) you know, like I wouldn't overtly make fun of people. Um, but just like, you know, like, you know, right. To be cool. You know, I want to be part of the cool group and, you know, I'll get good grades because that, that's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, really I was primed to go to college and I had professors and people that spoke, spoke into my life that just, I mean, truly inspiration. And, um, I realized that you know, I remember teachers in high school saying like, you're going to be learning your whole life. And that scared me because I'm like, I don't want to learn my whole life. Like that sounds really exhausting. (laughs) And then I went to college and, um, boy, just, I realized that learning and, um, always engaging your mind, um, is something to be pursued for the rest of your life. And it's actually really, really fun. Um, and so, yeah, I really, um, took the bull by the horns, so to say in college and just, you know, just really pursued nursing and, um, went that direction. So that's kind of how it all went down. So you mentioned, you know, you kind of made a joke and said that you didn't think about that much in high school and it's kind of willy nilly. But at the same time, I, before you said that, I was thinking like, you have really thought through this and thought through the different aspects, like more than just the nursing, but you know, you talked about the anatomy and physiology and taking that class. And again, the difference between like just right. trying to get a grade and like truly, um, I forget the term you exactly used, sure. but really diving into that, um, which I think is cool that you, um, yeah, it wasn't something you were just, yeah, it, I feel like there are a lot of kids that just go to college because that's what they're supposed to do. Sure. And specifically like, okay, what do you want to do? I want to make money. Okay, get a degree in business. Okay. And they don't think anything more to sure. that until they're about to graduate and they're, you know, second semester of their senior year, and they say, yikes, what insane hell sure. do I do from here? Um, but my question for you, follow-up question, is, you know, you mentioned in college, difficult, hard moments you want to quit. Was there, you know, a certain moment, one or two moments, that whether it was an internship, an experience, that you felt like this, like, really secured your decision and said, like, mm-hmm. nursing is, you know, again, obviously it was something you went into, you never ended up changing it. But somewhere along the way, you obviously had, and maybe it was just smaller things, but I'm wondering if there was any yeah. a larger moment or an internship that said, yeah, and an sure. affirmation of like, this is what I want to do. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say for me, uh, the first two years of nursing school, um, you ride a lot of waves in nursing school, and nursing school is a very unique world, as is business school and any other profession. Um, it starts off, it's very fun. Um, your sophomore year, you know, you get all your nursing stuff, you have a stethoscope, you feel, you know, like very, <laughs> everybody's coming to you on their floor, right? Hey, everyone's I... coming to you. No, in college, you know, I'm, I'm a freshman nursing major. I'm, I'm taking anatomy. I don't even, I'm not even taking actual nursing classes and you know, Billy Bob stubs his toe or, you know, and they're like, Hey, like he's a nursing major. Like go to him, go to him. And I'm like, I've taken a semester of AMP, bro. Like, uh, put a bandaid put on, a band-aid it. on it, throw some, you know, alcohol and antibiotic ointment you're, you're good you're good um but nonetheless um a couple moments for sure um i would say probably moment number one um is uh i took my critical care rotation uh my junior year of high or um college and that's when i was really like ooh, like this is fun like very very high intensity um people are very very sick um, and they're on life-saving medications. Um, and my previous rotations, um, you start off on kind of a lesser acuity floor because you're learning about diseases and um, all these different things and they kind of ease you into it. And then when you're a junior, they kind of throw you out there a little more. Um, so the critical care course 
um, was definitely so much fun um, because at the time, like I did a um, med surge, which is very, not super acute, um, my OB rotation. And I'm like, I'm not going to be delivering babies. <laughs> um, <laughs> pediatrics, so kids and, you know, I was like, eh, like maybe not for me, but I took critical care and I was like, okay, I can see myself doing this. Hmm. So that was definitely a moment of confirmation. And then uh, immediately uh, following my critical care rotation, um, I had a summer internship um, that I did in Senegal, Africa, which if you don't know where Senegal is, um, think of Africa where it juts out kind of on the west end there. Um, the westernmost point of Africa, uh, that's where I stayed. Um, so immediately following that rotation, my junior year, I spent two months in Senegal, Africa, I lived with some missionaries. Um, and it's pretty interesting too, because, uh, the work that I did there, I was in an outpatient clinic. So, you know, you go to the doctor's office and then you leave, you don't get admitted to the hospital. Um, and I saw, um, a lot of kids there. So I actually worked in the pediatrics part of the, of the clinic. And then I also worked in the wound care clinic of the department. Um, so it's very interesting because, uh, in the United States, um, I worked in a very, you know, hospital setting um versus africa i was in an outpatient setting so two totally different worlds um very different things but in those those um even though that type of healthcare was still different there was confirmation there um in the critical care tour course that i took i felt very challenged um very just much being pushed and gro um, growing and then in the outpatient setting i was like this is awesome um being in another country um seeing just things you wouldn't see in the United States. Um, so here you see a lot of chronic diseases um, versus over there, um, you'll see more malnutrition. Um, burns is actually a really big one because a lot of the cooking um, in West Africa is done down in the ground. So um, I would see um, kids that one, two, three, four, five years old with um, just um, very large burn marks because they had actually fallen into the fire of mm. where they were cooking. So that was, um, that was definitely an experience, definitely an eye opener. Um, and I was able to um, learn the missionary experience. Um, do I want to be a missionary one day um, or do some sort of short term mission trips, which is definitely something still on the table um, that I would love to do at some point. Um, so th those were kind of two defining moments and they, they followed each other back to back. Um, and then, yeah, my senior year, finished nursing school and got a job here in the States and really haven't looked back. So I think something that um, I really try to encourage people is you can do something that you love and not necessarily love every single moment of it, hmm. if that makes sense. You know, I think a lot of college students, especially, you'll hit a season of doubt and be like, you know, is this really for me? And maybe it might, it might not be for you. And that takes a lot of discernment and it takes people around you to speak into that. Um, but nevertheless, understanding that, you know, college and learning and university life, you're going to hit seasons of doubt and difficulties, but that's okay. That doesn't mean you need to quit business school or quit nursing school or quit, you know, it's, you know, right because a lot of these fields are very diverse like okay you don't want to work in you know insurance and you know you can go do something else you can still get your business degree right. and do that that doesn't mean you have to totally change your major um but understanding um those different types of things so so obviously i mean that's a huge experience to be able to go to africa and have for sure you know the experience in another country and i know obviously because personally knowing you um, you know, you had said at that time too, just the way their different healthcare system is. And, you know, you didn't have your degree at that point, but just how much more experience you had over there too, that mm. it was just like, Hey, <laughs> like this guy has three years worth of nursing. All right. And right. it was like, you were able right. to do so much more rather than this in the States. It's like, well, you know, you don't have your degree yet. You don't have the paper. You haven't passed right. this, haven't passed that. And there's just a lot more restrictions as far as what you can do. Um, and that being a lot of. Mm -hmm. you know hands-on and yeah i didn't the children the fire and such and that's 
kind of frightening to think yeah. about. Um, Very r- but that, real world. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know that was again experience that you had. So mm-hmm. you briefly mentioned it. So you, knew, you graduate college, you end up getting a job. Uh, you know, you were in South Bend recording this, living in South Bend. Mm-hmm. But when you graduated college, like, what were you thinking as of that point? Like, were you open to anything? Open to going back overseas? You know, or why did? Um, why did you decide, I guess, to essentially stay yeah. near your college town? Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, nursing school teaches you a lot, but there's nothing like real world experience. Um, having the ball in your hands, um, the ball in your court and getting a few years of experience in any field is vital. And, um, being a nurse here in the United States, I like the amount of knowledge I've learned in two years is it's crazy. Um, and so, you know, I could have gone back overseas and, you know, I would have been okay if I signed up with an organization. Um, but graduating and I've talked to other people, other nurses, and they say that first couple years, it's, it's, it really sits, sets you up for success. Um, because you will be a better nurse, a better person, um, and your, your clinical skills are just improved, just, I mean, just experience, you know, it's, um, and a lot of college students, including myself, um, you come out of college very idealistic, you know, I'm going to change the world and do all these great things. And then life hits you and you're knocked down and you're just like, man, like, Mm. is this all the world has to offer? Like, and Mm. it really is, um, it's a post, uh, post college, uh, growth spurt. Um, and you can either choose to embrace it or, you know, kind of push it away and say, you know, you know, I'm still a kid. Like, I don't want to take this responsibility, but at some point you gotta, you know, like you gotta grow up and that's not a bad thing. I think when I realized that, like Jeremy, you know, growing up, it's actually more fun (laughs) if you just embrace it and say, you know what? I got responsibilities. I got a job. I got to pay rent. And in my free time. I can do what I want and do my thing and um, just embracing that, um, those sorts of things. So um, I think I realized just, you know, experience is, is um, major key. And um, not to say that uh, one day, um, I'm very open, like, because I've, I've been around the world and back a few times. I've seen different cultures, different religions, um, different ways of life. Um, and I recognize I'm very privileged um to be able to do that um so is it out of the question like oh would i go live somewhere in timbuktu like absolutely i'd go you know I'd timbuktu to- <laughs> Djibouti, <laughs> Djibouti africa <laughs> we're gonna go there one day you know if i ever leave the united states that's where i'm going going to Djibouti. it's just it's just fun to say Djibouti. <laughs> but um no i yeah, I mean, it's uh, once you see the world and, uh, you know, talk to different people, I mean, it just, it really, um, it, it expands your knowledge and you see, you know, just the, the God created the whole world. He just didn't create the United States of America. He created, mm-hmm. you know, people that speak different things than you and talk different than you and, you know, and that's okay. You know, like we're we're all made um, in his image to be different people. I think it's a beautiful thing. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I think um, uh, I used to have my life figured out a couple years ago. And I think the older I get, the more I realize um, uh, taking life as it comes and having some sort of game plan, but recognizing life has a lot of seasons um, and you know, this season of my life is living in the United States, helping people here in South Bend, Indiana, because there's definitely people that need help here just as much as there is anywhere else in the world. And recognizing, um, you know, that I'm here, this is where my energy is. I think post-college, I focused a lot on, okay, I'm gonna get, a, gonna get experience and then I'm gonna go work for, I don't know, the World Health Organization or the Red Cross, and, and then I'll really be helping people, right? Mm. But, um, but you realize, no, like no matter where you're at, there's people that need help. There's people that are hurting that, um, wants, uh, uh, ear to listen to. And you realize, you know what? Like, okay. Like maybe one day I'll go do this, but right here, right now, like this is where I'm at. This is where I live. 
this is where I'm in the trenches with people. And so why not embrace it and take the season and enjoy the season that you're in um, and recognizing that there's not, there's not a finish line. Um, that there, you know, once you cross this finish line, whether it be the perfect job, perfect marriage, whatever, um, recognizing that the part of the race you're in right now, it's perfect for, um, for the season that you're in. Two things that I really <laughs> want to point out there. One, and I, you know, I feel like a broken record saying this, but I love you picking up on as well, that kind of post-college depression that, mm. you know, and, and I mentioned that all the time <laughs> on my podcast that, yeah. you know, and that's again, not only those conversations with you, but also conversations I have with other people are the two main reasons why I decided to create this podcast. Cause there's just too many times that I see, uh, people in their younger twenties, lower twenties, and they just get sad and depressed because they think I had all these things I was going to accomplish, mm. all these things I was going to do. Yeah. And then when they're not, when they don't instantly achieve those goals, the right. day they you know walk across the stage and get their diploma, they think, oh well, what's wrong with me? And oh, I was just a kid. I didn't know. You know, I just gotta go and work my nine to five now, and just gotta be a part of the system. Right. And they instantly, all these huge goals that they have become narrowed. Mm. Uh, you know, and you touched on that very briefly, and I love that. And that's not just something that you know that I see and have art for. Uh, but the second thing that really stuck out to me that I loved was you saying, you know, right there at the end, even when you started your job, you're like, I'm, you instantly saw it as a stepping stone as mm. if it, at the moment, as if it was meaningless, as right. if it well, I mean, this is just a stepping stone, like whatever, I'll just be a nurse here in South Bend, help some people, save some lives, sure. you know, like Casual. take some pulses and do some open heart <laughs> surgeries or whatever, you know. Scalpel, scalpel. Uh, no. <laughs> That is not me. I I'm not a cardiothoracic surgeon. That's just always that's just always my joke with Jeremy. With not knowing really anything about the medical field, I say, dude, how many surgeries did you perform this week? Like, that's just, that's just what I have in my head of what Jeremy does oh, when he goes man. to work. Because you're either taking somebody's pulse or you're having surgery, and there's no in between. Nothing in the middle anywhere. Oh, I love it. I love it. But anyways, <laughs> you know, you just talked about how at the time you felt like it was meaningless. Again, get two years of experience and then move on and then I'm going to make a difference and then mm. I'm going to do something. And for you, you've been able now a couple years, it's been, you know, about two years two since you've had yeah. this job now. Yep. And being able to realize like I am making a difference mm. and I am helping people. I am impacting people. Like you said, whether it's in South Bend, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in Russia, you know, you are – there are people that need help, specifically, mm. you know, health-wise. And right here in South Bend, you're able to make a difference with those people and not just understating. And I, and I don't, in a way, I almost feel like that's natural for people for whatever reason to just under, uh, I don't think understate is the right term I'm trying to use, but like just to demoralize themselves and think, mm. oh, well, what I'm doing now is just not that important. Sure. And again, in your case, oh, well, you know what? It's not that important. In a couple years. I'm not mm -hmm. where I want to be yet. I'm not mm. where I should be. Yeah. yeah, like I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet, and and I'm, where I am now is not okay. Right, and, and mm. it's like in your head, even if it's a subconscious level, just thinking like, yeah, I'm, whatever, just breeze through this phase of my life, and I'm mm. ready to get to the next one. I'm ready to go to the right. World Health Organization or whatever. Right. Um, and I think that's awesome. You know, you mentioned about how exactly that, and within a couple of years, and. Being able to now, a couple of years of experience, not only all the things you have learned and all the experiences you've had, but also like being able to realize the impact that you have had mm. and being able to continue that moving forward right. in your current position. You know, obviously, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning, wanting to grow and learn and that's good and that's healthy and you can still grow and learn and help right. and change, but nonetheless still being able to make an yeah. impact like where focusing you are. focusing your energy on the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. and like being able to see like how you can make an impact on a daily basis mm -hmm. instead of just well i have to wait until i get to this next point to make a difference for sure and to add on to that um de there's definitely a moment there um kind of during that post-college depression not to be a debbie downer and you know scare college if, students if you're in college, <laughs> it's, it's coming it's coming watch <laughs> out no you'll you guys will be fine. Um, if not, just, you know, call up Dominic and he'll give you a pep talk. Yes, sir, man. Just uh, message the Young Girl Pro Show young on Facebook, show. Twitter, or Instagram. Yep. Or just, uh, or you know, look at Elon Musk's tweets and be inspired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh man, you know my grandfather um, used to say he owned a a, a trailer business, and yeah. he said, um, you know, you don't have to be crazy, but it sure helps. And I'm like, yo, that is <laughs> <laughs> that is that Mamba mentality. Now I know where I get it from. It's in my jeans. There you go, man. It's in my jeans. It's in my jeans. Um, but to add on to that, there was definitely a moment um, at my church, uh, South Bend City Church. Uh, shout out to SBCC. Um, is we had a sermon one day and my pastor talked about the spirituality of spreadsheets. Um, and he talked about, you know, for some people, and I felt like it was really directed kind of towards that post-college people group, is you may feel like you're clocking in the nine to five, you're working on a spreadsheet, and you're saying to yourself, what on earth is this doing? How is this making any impact at all? You know, typing in numbers on a computer in your cubicle, and you might just be feeling like, is this, you know, what life has to offer? And, um, you know, he just talked about, you know, if you are able to make a beautiful spreadsheet that helps a business, a person, you know, just get their financial goals in order and helping kind of bring um, chaos into order, hmm. like something just as simple as that, like you are doing something and it's, it's, it's it's so simple yet so profound and i think a lot of people including myself definitely had the mindset of i want to do something big um something extravagant um if y'all know the enneagram i'm an enneagram three <laughs> that might not mean anything to you but enneagram I, three i'm never threes L- look it up never? look it up an enneagram? enneagram i've heard of instagram <laughs> Enneagram. We'll, we'll, we'll teach him. We'll teach him. So I'm, I'm a three. Basically, I'm an achiever. I like to achieve and do big things, big ideas. Um, and so that was my big thing post-college is I was like, I want to make this big difference. I want to be on a world stage. Um, I mean, literally, I, my dream was to work for the world, world Health Organization and be boots on the ground. You know, like Ebola outbreak, I'm there. You know, SARS, I'm there. COVID, it's everywhere. So... <laughs> So you're there. So I, in theory, I'm, I guess I'm living my dream right now. Um, but uh, yeah, and I was just very much like I was enjoying my job, but it just wasn't necessarily what I thought it was. And he just talked about the spirituality of spreadsheets. And, you know, like God is using you is if you're just putting a spreadsheet together, you know, no matter what you're doing. And really, like I kind of hit a ground zero at that point of just like, you know what, like maybe I just need to embrace where I'm at. Um, and that was kind of, uh, the takeoff point, um, of just kind of that post-college. Okay. Who am I? How does this all fit together? Um, I'm living in South Bend. I might as well be here, you know, rather than think I'm going to make this, this big change. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's those little details like that, focusing on the little details, you know, working with your coworkers, um, for me, taking care of my patients, giving my best at my work, um, and recognizing like, it's not about me. And I had very much had a, um, you know, central point of view. Like I am going to make this big difference. I am going to do great big things and just recognizing like, you know, the world is actually bigger than me, <laughs> believe it or what? not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And just recognizing, like, you know what, like, if I never make my name never gets in the history books, like, that's fine. People may never see the work that I'm doing. And I think that, you know, that's vital is would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? And when I think of the greats, you know, bringing 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 the conversation back. Think about Kobe Bryant and the work that he put in. I mean, he did work that, you know. Nobody saw him going to the gym at four in the morning. Nobody saw that. Mm. Nobody did. And I think of the greats like uh, Mother Teresa. Um, not my mom. <laughs> well, no, my mom is. My mom's name is Teresa, and and she is wonderful. <laughs> but her name probably is not known globally. Well, like, Pettisville. I mean, Mother Teresa. She was kind of a pop star more yeah. than me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. My mom was more popular at my high school than I was. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm probably not going to disagree with you. She, <laughs> she was pretty awesome. She's pretty well known. 
Um, but Mother Teresa, the saint, um, who did a lot of um, charitable work. Um, I've read some of her uh, memoirs. Memoirs? Yeah, memoirs. Is that the right word? Sure. <laughs> um, and she talked about, you know, just like she, she did things not to be seen, but because she knew it was good. Um, and she would often talk about in her, in her writings, she'd be like, yeah, like no one's noticing what I'm doing, but because it's what's right, I'm doing it. And, um, she would talk about like how God called her to do this. And then, um, the last couple years of her life, she talked about, like, she talked about, um, she didn't even feel God anymore. And (laughs) she went through a lot of very difficult things. And she was like, I haven't felt God in years, but. I'm just going to keep doing this because, you know, this is what's right. And um, it goes back to, like, you may not be feeling it, um, the work that you're doing, but that doesn't discredit it. That doesn't make it any less valuable, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're not making a difference. Um, And so, yeah, looking at, you know, Kobe, Mother Teresa, um, gosh, there's so many others that um, just um, have really inspired me. Albert Schweitzer, look him up. and just seeing these people that, you know, they recognize it's not about them. It's not about you. And it's, it's not about me. And um, just uh, leaning into that and really um, cultivating that. <laughs> oh, wow, dude. I was, I'm actively sitting here and, you know, I'm trying to think, like, I'm absorbing the information, but I'm also thinking, like, okay, I, that's a great point. That's mm. a great point. And now I'm, like, running out of fingers to keep track of these great points. Shoot. And I'm like, is there a pen and paper somewhere <laughs> here, man? I need to start jotting down notes. Yeah. Uh, talking about the spreadsheet, I, I love that, you know, mm. mentioning at your church and just that philosophy in general. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, that ties in, really, I guess the three main points that I got out of that all kind of tie in together. That the spreadsheet – and. It, it's all about your attitude and how you perceive what right. you do and right. how you are making an impact. And most people, again, the exact same job in that example spreadsheet, you're putting things on a computer and somebody that says, I hate this, I'm just trying to get out of here, mm-hmm. like they give me this crappy job, yada, 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 versus somebody that says, yeah, I'm making a difference to this company and to this business and this individual, whoever it may be, and being able to realize like I have worth within this uh, you know, I have value. I have value within right. this role. Yes, within this role, and you know, and but part of that ties into the reason, generally speaking, the reason people don't have that mentality and don't see it like that is because, unfortunately, a lot of people do think the world revolves around them. Right. You know, and they think, well, if I can't be the CEO, if I can't be the boss, if I can't be the one doing all these things, well, then what's the point? Like, mm. you know, I'm meaningless. Right. And, it, and you know, that's what really distinguishes between a great organization, a great company versus a poor one is a great one will let you know all the way from top to bottom, you are needed, you are appreciated, and yeah. we love you here in this business. Absolutely. Compared to a crappy organization will say, fine, if you hate your job, fine, then leave and go find <laughs> something else. And, and, yeah. And they don't necessarily treat right. their employees. And, you know, and on a much larger scale, it's hard to do that uh, depending how large organization is but if it's managed well making employees feel like they're significant and they play an important role within the Mm. company like that i think is really important and yeah it's about your own perspective too Um, but you have to know your worth too if you're somewhere where you're not appreciated getting to a place where you are appreciated so your attitude but also the way that your company views you Mm -hmm. is important absolutely yeah. yeah, and I definitely, uh, when I think about these moments, I like to call it the uh, the triple M. <laughs> triple <laughs> Okay, triple M. The 3M. 3M is when you have these Mamba mentality moments. moments. Woo! Ah. That's a MQ. MQ. <laughs> Man, MQ moments, because you'll have these moments, right, where you're very inspired, where you want to run through a brick wall, right? Right. And, you know, those moments are great, but you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, like, those moments, they're not going to be there all the time. Hmm. It's what you do with those those triple M moments is um, taking it to heart. And uh, when it's hard, remembering your why. You know, why Why do you do what you do? Why do you sell insurance, Dominic Fry? Like, why am I a nurse? And a lot of it is, um, it's not a one-time thing. 
Um, it's continual renewal, remembering your why, you know, and for some seasons, like it's every day where I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then there's other seasons where it might be like every week or every month or every six months or remember, um, remembering your why. Um, but I think, uh, I think a lot of people, um, kind of lose their why, you know, whether it's, uh, your marriage, your job, um, um, if you're learning something new, reading a book, um, relationships is remember, remember your why. Why did you want to do this? And a lot of people, you get that stir, right? Um, and taking that stir and just um, continuing to cultivate it is, um, is key. So, I mean, as dumb as it sounds, but, you know, you can't remember your why if you don't know your why. Oof. Yeah. And, Oof. you know, if you... Again, naturally, I think within a workplace, but it's so much more than really just your job, but right. just outside of that as well, your life. Like, you know, you go to each individual person, you say, like you just said, why do you do this? Why? And a lot of times people say, well, um, uh, you know, and, yeah. and it comes off as a difficult question. It's not supposed to be a trick <clears throat> question. But truly, right. like, why do you do what you do mm. on an everyday basis? Mm. And then over that time, you need to remind yourself of that. But you can't remind yourself if you never even know what your why is in the first place. Right. And again, for that person to go back to the example with the spreadsheet, it, maybe their why is, you know what? I'm trying to learn this and I'm trying to grow from this and I'm trying to master this role. Or it's okay, I'm going to learn this and I want to move up or move on. or none right. But like having a healthy balance, but knowing your why... I think that's a great point to bring up. But knowing your why is so important and then remembering that why. And, you know, potentially that why will change over time Absolutely. as well. You know, even yeah. if you're in the exact same role. I mean, even for you, in the example that you gave, you know, when you started that your role as an RN and it was, well, okay, I'm here for a couple of years and then it's on to bigger and better things. For sure. And now two years later, now you're able to have a different point of view and your why has changed. You still know mm. what your why is and you potentially still need to remind yourself of that but right. you're able to realize that why has changed right yeah and it is a dynamic thing right absolutely all right so that is the end of part one cliffhanger be back in two weeks part two with jeremy man thank you all i love you from the bottom of my heart thanks for listening god bless